Welcome back. This is episode three of Talk Dairy to Me. Today we are with our hoof hygienist. That's right. <laughs> Joel Messier. <laughs> He's um, in today polishing up some of our beautiful Holsteins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Joel, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? All right. Well, I come to Wayside Meadow uh, once a month and I do 65 to 70 cows for them. And um, the reason why Mike has become is to hoof health is very important on dairy farms for farmers to try to get the most out of their cows for to breeding back, to uh, milk, um, everything. The cows are on their feet and moving around all the time, and they're, of course, walking manure. And you just got to keep them very healthy. So Plus their own cement. What's that? They're they're on cement, so it's so important for us to be lifting those feet, making sure there's not there's not issues. Yes, can, yes can, it's very important when you know they're on cement and Mike bed with sand, and sometimes there may be a little rocks or um, they may have a hoof problem, and that's why I come and tend to it and keep them so, healthy. Got to keep them healthy. So Joel, can you keep them rolling? Um, Tell us a little about what the biggest hoof problems you face or like see are, like the most common hoof problems you see. Um, the biggest problems I see mainly in the summertime would be white line disease. And it's basically it's just stress related from the cows in the summertime with the heat. From the heat. And yeah. sometimes if, if the farmers don't have enough fans, you know, that could be a problem or if they're overcrowded. And that, and the other problem is uh, digital dermatitis, which is hairy heel wart, and but a but, proper foot bath will get that under control. Let, let's talk about the hairy heel wart because I'm sure the folks at home are like, "What in the hell is that?" Well, I'm sure they don't know what a white line lesion is, right? <laughs> but a hairy yeah. heel wart. So it's essentially it is this little nasty. It looks kind of like, wouldn't you describe it, Joel, as like a scab, with, oh, no. okay. scab <laughs> with big hairs on it? <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's, exactly. it spreads, it gets bigger, it gets nasty. Yeah. And it it's, does. it's hard to believe that something that size can cause so much pain. And Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, Harry Hill warts have been around for quite a while, and it's a, a dairy farm. Worst nightmare is to have a bunch of cows with that, but um, I treat it with copper sulfate and uh, Don soap. Don dish soap. Don dish soap. I I clean it and I wrap it up and it it keeps it at bay. That does it. But a foot bath, a copper sulfate foot bath, will also keep the cow at bay on other diseases. And other problems, but mainly the hairy wart is the foot bath. So, like us, we we run a foot bath daily. So, is there some trying to explain? So we basically take the same product that Joel wraps the cow's feet with, which is copper sulfate. It's diluted. Correct. And then we add yep. some acid to it so it has the right pH 
So it's actually yep. killing the bacteria that's on these cows' feet. But it's not a low enough pH to actually hurt the cows' feet. Exactly. Yeah. So we it, are working with our IBA guy. We 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 have a system that works for us. We know what how many buckets of water we got to put in and how many ounces of acid we got to put in to have the pH right. So <laughs> if yeah, it's all in, it's all in the pH and the hygiene on the cows is huge. Is the worse the hygiene, the worse the possibility of having a big outbreak of hairy warts is on a cow. I, I think one of the best things that we ever did at our our farm is when we went to three times a day milking, then we went to three times a day cleaning. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's our cows. We never really had high somatic cells, but the cows just look cleaner. And, yeah. and that right there, like you said, you know, they're in manure longer. So if you're, yeah. if you're cleaning three times a day, they're obviously, they're cleaner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and, that, the- and that comes back to the whole cow comfort thing that we were talking about in the first episode is keeping our cows as comfortable as possible. You, you know what's interesting about that? You know what Joel told us this morning? We were talking about we had some cows with, with some hawk issues. And the hawk is above their ankle. It's kind of the joint, the bigger joint on their leg, not their hip below. It's like and, a knee. <laughs> yeah, basically. But they we've had a couple cows get swollen and Joel's like, I don't know how you how you would ever how it would happen in your herd. You guys use the most amount of sand out of any of my farms. Is that what you told me this morning, Joel? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. So, so my partner probably didn't like that because he's always yakking at me about we're using too much sand. So, <laughs> wow. but you know, with your cows though, is that when you look at your cows in the stall, Mike, your cows just look comfortable. You know what I mean? They just they're kind of sprawled out, almost like stretching and just totally relaxed in the deep bedding stalls with the sand. And that's what you that's what you're aiming for. Right. Right. That's probably you know, I'm sure that's a huge part I think of why we make the milk that we make and Yeah. You you and, put it you, know, you, you get out what you put in, I guess. Exactly. You know, like today we were sorting cows and I saw one cow and she was like totally like zonked out. <laughs> it's kind of a cow that's just like Almost like snoring. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's when you know you're doing something right. Exactly. Exactly. So, Joel, let's let's have some. uh, I know that on YouTube we've had a. uh, One of my wife's friends is addicted to a show on YouTube from hoof trimmers that find different things in cows' feet. Is there? Yes. uh, Is there anything over? over time that kind of stands out in your mind over the years that is uh what's the craziest thing you yeah. ever found in a cow's foot <laughs> um the craziest i guess you know you got rocks and you got nails um i, f- I find a lot of cow's teeth in feet too really you know? yeah <laughs> yeah well when a cow loses their tooth it's you know it's jagged and sharp, and the cow's hooves are soft, and she steps on it, and it kind of 
is punctured in there. But I think something over the over the top. I've never really, but I've heard of guys finding like a live twenty-two shell in a cow's butt. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, re- the reason why I think they found that is the conclusion that I came up with is probably the farmer's son was out by the bunk shooting some <laughs> rats and reached in his pocket and lost some and the cow stepped on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joel, how tell us a little bit. How did you get to be a hoof trimmer? Well, I uh, was back when I was 20, and I really didn't have a job. Well, I was pumping septic tanks and Porter Johns, and then I... Oh, sounds like you were having fun. I a guy that, yeah, lots of fun. And I had a guy that was a hook trimmer, and he was looking for some help. And I said, yeah, I'll help you out. So I started going with him, and I worked on a apprenticeship for two years with him. And when I first started, I was using, like, a, a Stanley wooden professional wood chisel and a rubber mallet and chopping around them to get their length back. And then I'd pick them up and set them on like a little platform with a T-chisel that I bought from IBA, a little plug for IBA there. And uh, <laughs> like that, and I worked for him for a couple of years, and then he he got done because he had epilepsy and started having seizures, and the farmers knew me from coming with him, and I just kind of fell into it, been doing it ever since. But, you know, through the years, I progressed uh, – a tilt table and now uh, a stand-up shoe. So your business has changed with the dairy business. You've invested a pile of money just like the dairy farmers have had to to, to progress. So yes. when you're talking about you were doing it with a wood chisel, explain that a little bit more. That That really wasn't that long ago. Because I can remember when I was when you and I first met, you were doing things then way different than you do, we do now, and and it's all come to benefit the cow quicker. There's less stress. Just to explain a little bit the difference between that, the you know the wood chisel versus now what's going on as far as the stand up right, shoe. Well, well. Then- Starting the wood chisel is just time consuming and just totally manual labor. And on a good day, I would trim 12 to 20 cows a day. And now, like I said earlier, I could do 60, 70 cows. And it's just a lot of hydraulics. And then I, I went to uh, a, a chipper wheel on a Makita grinder and it makes it. Hope he's breaking. Up. He's breaking up a little bit. Uh, little dead spot. Yeah, yeah, a little dead spot there. That's okay though. All right. But uh, yeah, that's how it's progressed, and the technology on trimming has been totally different. I've gone to Dairyland out in uh, Wisconsin, graduated from there, hook trimming clinics, and um. Now, yeah, now you're never that, old enough to learn. Right. Now, was that something that Cargill sent you out, help, helped uh, our nutritionists help 
send set you up with? Yeah, yeah, Russellville from Cargill. Um, they have a dynamite crew for uh, the, their hook program. Yeah, it's it's uh, the hook trimming progress has changed. And you're always learning to get better. And like I said, I've been trimming for a long time, and I don't know it all. Once you know it all, you're done. <laughs> all right, Joel. Usually, we're going to kind of put you on the spot here. Usually, there's a, a story that I always tell. It's kind of a crack-up funny story, like something that's happened on the farm. I want you to think over the years, something really dumb that's happened that just blows your mind. <laughs> if if you can think of something like that off the top of your head, you know, either can be funny or maybe serious. Um, yeah, you are going to put me on spot on trying to think of a story that um I'm trying to really play. the only thing I think of is I had one farm I was turning for and the the beef truck came. I don't know if this is good I wouldn't program the beef truck came and they searched the barn high and low and couldn't find their beef cow to send on the beef truck. And she was in the shoe, and I was trimming her. <laughs> oh, so pretty... I got paid for trimming a beef cow. <laughs> now that that would be considered a Joel Messier, Messier M and M. Yeah, I, exactly. That was an that was a money maker. <laughs> money maker. <laughs> well, Joel, but there's probably some other stories, but I'd have to. Well, I I didn't know if you had one, you know, like a crazy bull story or something that moved your moved your truck around or something, getting on top of it. Or I I can remember one time back when when Walt was buying bulls from Paul Mox when they had the bull barn up on the hill, you know, towards Pratt's. Yeah. So we went over, and Walt comes back and he says. There's one on there. There was like four of them. There's one on there, but that that son of a gun, he's a mean bastard. He's a mean. So I opened the opened the gate up by the end where you used to hoof trim down there, and he come off that trailer, and I'm not kidding you, ran all the way down, jumped over the gate to the holding area, ran in there and bred a cow, and I turned around and Walt screaming, get him out of here, get him out. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. He ran back down and jumped on the trailer, and Walt took him back. <laughs> he, but he bred one cow while he was there of all 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, take advantage of the situation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, all right, Joel. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. Um, and I, I can I appre- greatly appreciate what you do. I know our farm does. Um, I think our our great results show that. It speaks for yeah, itself. Exactly. Um, That's why you guys make a lot of milk money. So, so I, I want. I, we're we're hoping you and Amy and the kids have a great great holiday season. Yes, you too, you guys. Hey, thanks for having me all in and doing great things. All thanks right, a lot, Joel. It. Yeah, bye. Bye. And that was Joel Messier, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That was the legend. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyways, it's it's that time of year, Dad. It's Christmas. I it's know. It's Christmas talked- time. You it know, is a great time of year. You know what I I just am blown away. Your mother's complained for twenty years that I always go to Rite Aid to get her damn Christmas gift. You can't anymore. I mean, she's not it's lying. gone. Rite Aid's gone, Dad. I know. It's gone. You had you got her some good gifts in the past. A broom. <laughs> a broom. Perfume. Broom. Well, and there's a other, one other time you get her a broom. And there's like there's another time you get things. her a broom. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. There has been a lot of brooms put into the Christmas tree. It's what she's wanted. There, there was that one time you put a, the broom up it. inside the Christmas tree and made her look for it. And she did she find it? I can't remember if we like took the tree out and she, she realized it was in there. She found it. But anyways, what I was getting to is she she's having she hasn't felt well, so. The other night she had been sick and she asked me if I could rub her feet, which, you know, I just love to. So put some Vicks paper rub on them. Right. And she goes, you know what I'd really like this year is some of those infomercial things that massage your ankle and feet. And I was like, like the ones that you could get at, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yes. So now instead of driving four miles to Rite Aid, I'm going to have to drive at least 20 to get to another one. Littleton? Is there one Littleton? I think, I don't yeah, know. yeah, we went we went freaking <laughs> Valent- or Mother's Day shopping at one after we picked up the grill. We went to Rite Aid and got her a card. Such a lucky woman. Well, I mean, everything you could ever want for gift shopping at Rite Aid. You get cards right there. You got a solid, solid amount of batteries. Chocolates, in the, and if it's a good... If you're early, prescription drugs. If you're early, <laughs> there's flowers. <laughs> so, other than gift shopping, let's talk about the favorite pastime of me and you. Of the Murrays. Of the Murrays is going to get the Christmas tree. Okay. Now, I don't know. No one. People might not know this, but I don't. If you've shopped for a real Christmas tree around where we are, the Christmas tree farms have been going out of business. A lot. Of, they've been going to a wholesale. So they've been selling off all their trees and shipping them down south to like Massachusetts right. or whatever. So it's been really hard to find Christmas trees. So for the past like three years, we've been going to different places. And um, this year, mom had some complaints because last year, you guys went to buy a Christmas tree during muzzle loader season. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't really, well, it was, it was a Christmas tree farm. It was a kind small of, one. kind of. It's a small <laughs> one, and it was fine. It was someone's backyard, is it what was, it was. <laughs> but it was still fine. Anyways, the middle of getting the Christmas tree. Not in the middle, on our way. On the way to getting the Christmas tree. Dad spots a deer, and I'll let Dad tell a story. It it was a really big buck. We and he thinks no, it was your sister saw it. <laughs> it was quite obvious. I don't ever hunt off our farm, and. We knew the folks that owned the land, and I'm like, it, it wasn't posted. So I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna take a shot at this deer. So your mother is so mad. She ended up leaving me right there. <laughs> I'm down in the field, and she, she just leaves me, and I'm... <laughs> I sh- I shot at the deer. I ended up missing the deer. Th- probably thank God. I probably that might have saved my marriage. <laughs> so I ended up having one of my good buddies, Chris Kendall, came up and and picked me up and ended up taking me up. To 
where where mom and dad were picking out a tree. But back to our picking out our Christmas trees. <laughs> it used to be we we picked out one tree. Yeah. And and now this year, and and it's not that I don't I love it. No, I, I really yeah. do. Yeah. We we get my mother's, your grandmother's Grammy tree. Robin. And this year we we picked out a, a tree for a woman named a family Sandy. friend. Yeah, when we call her friend. Aunt Sandy. Um so and that was important to us to get her a tree. And mm-hmm. So we're at this decent it's a nice little tree farm. Yeah, it's a Vermont Christmas so, tree farm. Well it's New Hampshire. Or, yeah, geez. New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> so we my job is you know, your job. Oh, uh, my job is to bring the damn things <laughs> okay, out. Then, okay, then. Yeah, there Owen's, you go. Owen saw me, and yeah. I asked him if you wanted the Salzal, but he ended up with the handsaw. No. So, anyways, it literally took me, was it 30 seconds? I found Grammy Robin's tree. Yep. Because mm-hmm. Gram- Grammy Robin has to have a smaller tree because yeah, she of, lives in a trailer. Not well, trailer. That's an addition. double wide addition yeah. apartment thing. <laughs> So it's a smaller room height wise. So we got that tree was right there. It was beautiful. Boom, we're done. So I take that one to the truck, come back, and it was at least yeah, it was probably an hour. An hour that was bad of walking oh. over five keep, acres. Keep, keep in, yeah, keep in mind hill. this is like three square acres where <laughs> we've cut it down to. It, it it started out as like a oh yeah. That tree over there looks all right, and then it, then then mom would get to that tree, and to be like, oh, geez, that one looks better. Addison, you stay here, so I can stand and look at both of them at the same time, and then they just kept like going farther. Like at one point, me and you stood stood down at the bottom of the hill, and we're like, where'd they go? And all of a sudden, like, two, you can see two bodies come out of a holler about a quarter mile away, <laughs> and they're waving at us. Over here, over we got a tree, and <laughs> it just turns into absolute chaos. Cause then, then, yeah, then I, I, honestly, I just get sick of it. Your dad gets sick of it. He, I'm yeah. all up for it when we first, you know. Usually, get, someone falls. And usually, mom gets caught on a stump <laughs> and eats it. <laughs> yeah, she oh, she bad. can with a little bit of snow. It was slippery. Oh, it was funny though, <laughs> but. It was, you know, <laughs> I think your sister's got a little Clark Griswold in her because if you can picture, we walk out onto this hillside. Like a plateau area. Kind yeah, of like. and there's a bunch of trees on our right, which we found Grammy Robbins immediately. Uh-huh. And you look to the left, to the north, and there's this big tree way, way off. <laughs> and Addison's like, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. And it's amongst... All these little tiny trees and trees that have been cut, and I'm going like premature trees. <laughs> like Addison, I'm thinking that she does it every year too. For a reason. <laughs> yes, and every she gets year. up to it, and it's like hip height. <laughs> oh, that was like... not hip height. That thing ended up being like 16 feet tall and had no middle on it. <laughs> she'll, she'll see it later, Clark. Her eyes are frozen shut. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Oh, the fun of Christmas. Uh huh. Which these are the, the memories that uh, shall not forget. Right. Bungee so. sh- cord them down in the back of the truck. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of a... We, I don't know if we wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on at the farm. We yeah, obviously, we yeah, talked yeah. to Joel. We hoof trimmed today. And 
like he said, we do that monthly. Um, we've been working, we've been working hard on putting our sand up, our winter sand for bedding. Mm-hmm. Um, our Raymond Lock hauls all of our sand for us and put up about. Last I knew, we had. We're trying to put up about fifty tractor trail loads to get us through the winter. At thirty yards, fifteen hundred yards, mm-hmm. that would be nice. So, um, that's what we've been doing. Everything's kind of slowed down now. I've been doing a little bit of logging. Um, yeah, that, in between yeah. the raindrops, which is a hard thing to do up here lately. Yes, yeah, so the woods are it's very wet. Very wet. Um, I really feel bad for the guys that it's their only source of income. Mm-hmm. I busted my butt last Saturday and got everything to the landing that I could that was in the woods. So, talk um, about the shotgun mishap. Shotgun mishap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that one's on you. <laughs> uh, so, the I don't know, probably six, seven years ago, I, I tend to cut wood in the wintertime when it's a little bit slower. So, I was working in a spruce swamp and I quickly learned that the coyotes were watching me and it really made me quite uneasy. So I ended up putting an old shotgun on the skitter, put some slugs in it, a gun that I don't really care about. So (laughs) over the last weekend, I'm going along and all of a sudden, there's a deer standing next to the skid road. That ain't is exactly not a coyote. <laughs> that wasn't a coyote. <laughs> Just a happy accident. That's what that is. So, if anybody knows anything about logging, deer tend to follow the loggers around when it's this time of year. They eat the tops. Um, so, they weren't nervous, but I was looking at them like, wow, she's awful close. So, I'm, when I say close, she was probably 15 feet from the skidder. So I was watching her more so than I was watching the skid road and the front tire <laughs> dipped down into a mud hole. And when it did, the shotgun flew out over my shoulder and into the mud hole and I drove <laughs> over it. <laughs> and I was, oh my God. Dad came home mourning the loss of a shotgun <laughs> is what happened. And, um I didn't, like, going through hunter safety as a kid, like, when you have a closed breach, you know, you're always taught to, like, well, you got to get it out with, like, a plug or something. Well, no, Dad comes home and turns on the hot water on the outside spigot and just right down the breach. As soon as he gets the first shot, <laughs> right down <laughs> until it well, pops it was, out. It was because it was frozen well, solid. Okay, then. <laughs> frozen solid. And so. then what, you put PB blaster down it? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> PB blaster down the barrel. Taking it apart. <laughs> took apart the pump, sprayed it all down, cleaned it up. It's, it, luckily, I was really lucky. It did not bend the barrel. It just scratched the stock mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I think that was there probably. I, I think that uh, it's good to go. Oh, yeah. I, have, I haven't shot it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. I just put it back together. So Definitely not doing that then. <laughs> well... Uh, what are you looking for for Christmas? Some time off? Two or? front teeth? I don't know. How's... Don't know. Don't know? Don't know. I, don't know. I can't wait just to be around family. Yeah, we always do that. Uh, then 
Christmas Eve party. Christmas we Eve hang with everybody. Uncle. That's usually fun. Um, dad's like a gift wrap enforcer. <laughs> there. Dad gets dad gets the garbage bag out early and often. <laughs> so well folks, I guess this is gonna wrap up until next time. It was good chatting with you. I hope everybody from the both of us and the Murray family has a happy, happy holidays. <laughs>